So you say ABBA or ABBA? <sighs> ABBA. Oh, gosh. Let me go. I'm in an ABBA. ABBA. Because I hear it both ways, don't you? Yes. ABBA and ABBA. But I'm an ABBA. <laughs> Fantastic. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Coming up on 712 this Wednesday morning. So glad you're up early with us, even with this week in between the holidays. Glad to be with you. Adam Roberts is in for Eric. Eric's hosting Wisconsin's Afternoon News today. Just like you did yesterday. As I did yesterday. So tight turn, but good to be back in the morning. You had a, a story in the top of the hour news at 6 this morning about a number of different states who are raising their minimum wage come January 1. I think New York, California among them. Uh, and then, you know, the tagline was, and Wisconsin's minimum wage is still at seven twenty-five an hour. Which is, I believe it has been since 2009 right. was the last time it was raised. So I raised the question, and I, and I just kind of put it out there, if folks want to offer any perspective on the old National Bank talk and text line, whether you're a business owner or someone who's in the job market, 855-616-1620. I'm just curious what you're seeing out there, because I wonder, at least my experience with young people who have entered the workforce and, you know, my kids at entry level positions, minimum wage is an irrelevant number. Not one of them sniffed anywhere near the bottom of that minimum wage here in Wisconsin. I think on the low end, one of my kids entry level in restaurant work was at 10 bucks an hour to start. The other started, I think, at 12 an hour, was up to 13, 14. So I, I just wonder, there's always this push to Wisconsin needs to keep pace. Wisconsin needs to raise its minimum wage. And I want everybody to get paid as much as you know they possibly can. But I just wonder if that's an increasingly irrelevant number on the low end. See, now I have experience working in bartending uh, when I was in lacrosse. We didn't even make minimum wage because of the tip Interesting. And that's a different thing, right? If you're mm-hmm. in the service sector where, like, particularly for, right, you said bartenders, uh, waiters, waitresses, staff like that, right, sometimes that yeah, that is often a lower minimum wage. And now, of course, as we see the rise against tipping, what with the screens, and we've had plenty of conversation on that this year, but does that impact those kind of positions where yeah, could. now there's this aversion to tipping and, well, we already don't make minimum wage for bartending or waitressing. Now even more people don't want to tip as much as maybe they used to. You know what seems to never work? These A number of restaurants have tried the no tipping we're going to raise our prices. They're going to be higher prices, but you know going in that you do not tip your your waitstaff or whomever. And those just seem to like never catch. A number of them, I think, locally have tried that, and they don't catch. I don't know why that is. I guess people like that flexibility. But back to your point about you know the minimum wage for other positions being sort of just this imaginary number because realistically, most employers know that if you want to attract talent, be it entry level or college age, where in the past, minimum wage would have just been like, hey, you know, this is the job it is. Here's what you're going to make. They can't really do that anymore because we, the young employees now know that, hey, if you're not going to offer me 10 or 12 or whatever, I'll find someone else that will. Right. Good luck hiring someone at seven and a quarter an hour. The, The counter to it is if you go too high, you get is what you're getting in California. Later this year, the minimum wage for restaurant workers or fast food workers is going to go up to $20 an hour. Pizza Hut just announced it's firing all its delivery people. Now so more than 1,000 people and, are getting firing notices because they're like, we can't pay you $20 an hour. And the argument people like Governor Gavin Newsom will make is that it's in response to the cost of living being what it is in California, which I have never stepped foot in that state. I only see what you know you see on social media or TV about 
how crazy expensive it is to go out there. But I also hear anecdotally from those who have lived in San Diego or San Francisco. We have Wyatt Barmore-Pooley here on our staff. He's from that area, and he'll tell you it is not easy to live on anything less than 20 an hour out there. Sports is coming up next. It's sponsored by Holiday Automotive at Highway 23 in Fond du Lac. Holiday Automotive, it's worth the trip. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All sports desk. Here's Bob Brainerd. The Bucks will try to shake that bah humbug feeling after losing to the Knicks on Christmas Day in the Big Apple. They stay and play in the vicinity, taking on the Nets in Brooklyn tonight. Damian Lillard, Dame, didn't care for that kind of bizarre schedule in and around Christmas Day with two afternoon tips in three days. It's tough. Um... You know, especially on the road, you know, playing the team twice. Such a short amount of time. Twice in two days, was it? Um, you know, the holidays, uh, you know, they, they came out and played like, you know, like they had practice and they talked about it. They played faster. They played with a lot of energy, and I thought they had a, a more collective effort, too. They had a lot of guys contribute to the win. And they get the Nets tonight. Dial up the game here on 620 WTMJ at 6 p.m. with Bucks shoot around the Packers. They know that despite a narrow victory in Charlotte on Christmas Eve over the Panthers, there's still work to do to make the postseason. Quarterback Jordan Love and Green Bay battle Minnesota now on New Year's Eve, understanding that math it's not all that difficult this time of year. You know, we got to go finish the season off. Um, we have to win these last two games. So, um, like I said, we're going to do the same thing we've been doing all season, take it one game at a time. But we know to keep those hopes alive, we got to, you know, give ourselves a chance. we got to win these last two. So um, we all know what's in front of us, um, and we know what you know we're capable of. So we're just going to go finish this thing off, take it one week at a time. And the following day, the Badgers will ring in the new year with their bowl game matchup against LSU in Tampa, Florida. Head coach Luke Fickle. He wants the ReliaQuest Bowl to become a program building block. It's an incredible opportunity. I think the, the uniqueness of college football today, um, you know, everybody looks to be one of those four teams, but the reality is there's a lot uh, still to be done. And for us and our program and where we need to go and what we need to do, this is an incredible opportunity. This is an incredible measuring stick based on our opponent. And they don't have to face the Heisman Trophy winner playing quarterback for LSU because he's decided to go into the NFL draft and forego this bowl game, so maybe that that helps Bucky's cause. You know, there's no question, too, that Big Ten teams, Wisconsin, Iowa, others, approach these bowl games differently than do the Southern teams. ACC, SEC, like, you just get the sense some of these teams, they don't want to be there. 100%. They're not in the big game, so go, fine. Go out there and friggin' roll them. 100, 100%. <laughs> 100%. They, they will be lathered up at knowing <laughs> Let's go. that LSU might just be ready to phone this one in. It's 719 on Wisconsin's Morning News. No Pete Davidson. I'll tell you about a cool show you can see in Milwaukee this week. That's next. Seven twenty-two, Wisconsin's morning news. Glad you're with us on this Wednesday morning. I'll get to Ab in a moment. But the the quote is quote due to unforeseen circumstances. The greatest quote in PR history. <laughs> right. This guy not coming to Milwaukee next week. I'm trying to bond with my sister. You know, I feel like we should have a better relationship. You know, me and my sister have nothing in common. You know, she assists brain surgery. And I'm a drug addict. You know? So, nothing. That's uh, Pete Davidson of Saturday Night Live fame. He's on a stand-up tour, Pete Davidson Live, touring right now. Scheduled to come to the Riverside Theater next week on January 4th. 
Hamps Theater Group, which books for multiple venues, including the Riverside, with a brief announcement on the website. The show is canceled. Refunds forthcoming. Message that mirrors others that were seen around the country where he was set to perform. Uh, nearly a dozen shows canceled. It would have been a big uh, trifecta this year for comedians in the city. We had uh, Jerry Seinfeld uh, was out. He was eating a sandwich at a Tosa shop, I nice. think. We had Adam Sandler. So unfortunate. Yeah. Have you seen anything more on why a lot of folks are speculating? It could be this, could be that. I don't want to get into all that, but I have not seen an explanation as to why he's canceled this dozen shows or so. Well, this all seems to stem from he was supposed to do a show on the twenty second in in New York, and hours before he was supposed to go on stage. They completely canceled it. There were people already at the oh. venue. So that's disappointing if you had tickets to that. Again, uh, Pamps Theater Group says refunds are coming. Super fun show, though. If you're looking to still get out to a show, Pamps Theater this week, Friday. It's an ABBA tribute band, and not all tribute bands are created equal, but this tour has gone all over the world. It's survived a long time. It's really good. It's called Mania, the ABBA tribute. Now, obviously, you have to like ABBA. <laughs> or this is maybe not the show for you. But you want to hear a taste of the actual... So this is from an actual show from the tribute band earlier this you year. You can dance. Sing it! See, they want, to, they want to get you in. Crowds eating it up. So that's Mania, the ABBA tribute. And I talked the other day with one of the members of the group. She is Allison Ward. She's from the UK. And she's been with the tour 13 years. If you change your mind. You say ABBA or ABBA? <sighs> ABBA. Oh gosh, let me go. I'm in an ABBA. ABBA. Because I hear it both ways, don't you? Yes, ABBA and ABBA. But I'm an ABBA. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Allison Ward is part of the show called Mania, the ABBA tribute. And, and so you're the blonde lady. Do you say her name Agneta? Agneta is the correct way to say it. But to be honest, no one can ever pronounce it. So don't worry. I, my friends call me Aggie, if that helps. Mama mia, here I go again. I'm reading that there are more and more young fans in your audiences now. Yes, I think it's due to the Mamma Mia release, um, movies one and two, and the musical. We got more, more like younger ages kids in the audience, and even we still have the the kids come with their grandparents and their mom and dad, and family. It's a family affair. You have a favorite song to perform. My favorite is probably Dancing Queen for the fact that it, it just gives everybody so much joy. It's the one that everybody's waiting to hear and you can hear everybody's reaction. Okay, you don't have to say you don't like it, but is there a least favorite song when it's on the set list? You're like, ah, this one? No, honestly. I mean, ironically, we do a song called Ring Ring, and it's my mum's favorite ABBA song of all time. But it's not one of the most known compared to Waterloo, Mamma Mia, you know. But I love that one. It's so fun, uh, but it's just not the best. If you were going to pick your top ten, it probably wouldn't be number one.
think it is, Allison, that causes a band's music to transcend decades? I mean, ABBA did it right. The, the lyrics are good. It's catchy. It's easy. It's lighthearted. It's fun. It's dance music. And that's why 50 years later, we still love all the hits. It's Allison Ward, a.k.a. Agneta Faltzkog. With Mania, the ABBA tribute it's at the Paps Theater Friday, 7.30 is the showtime. Can you, you say like that, that again? Yeah. Agneta Faltzkog. Nice. Or, or something like that. I could ask her how to pronounce it again. Do we ever get to the bottom of ABBA or ABBA? We did not. It didn't sound like it. Tickets still available. PapsTheaterGroup.com. Who is Ken Jennings? The long-standing best contestant by most people's uh, understanding in Jeopardy history. Probably the number one. He is going to be the permanent host of Jeopardy going into the new year, and it would bring it could bring some stability to a show which has been trying to find that replacement for Alex Trebek for some time. Here's ABC's Jason Nathanson. Jeopardy host Ken Jennings is sharing his thoughts on becoming the game show's sole host. Almost two weeks ago, we learned that Jennings and Mayim Bialik would no longer be splitting hosting duties of the nightly syndicated show. And Jennings tells us there is a virtue in having a single host, like in the Alex Trebek days. People rely on Jeopardy kind of as a part of their evening. It's an institution. It's a legacy. They have fond memories. And there's something about the show that does represent stability in a changing world. I guess, you know, there is that, that there won't be any more uh, clickbaity headlines about hosting and what I'm, I'm happy to host whenever asked. Jason Nathanson, ABC News. Hollywood. Promise this will be the last one of those clickbaity headlines. <laughs> it is that we have found myself as the permanent host. I thought she did a good job, though. Yeah. I mean, like, um, I don't think anyone thought she didn't. It's just Jennings seemed to emerge as the okay. This guy lives for this stuff. She's got a lot of the stuff she can do. Right. Absolutely. Really I mean, talented actor. And in these situations where it is such an institution, you, you just can't have. Oh, we we're going to have this host for these shows. This host yeah, yeah, right. for these shows. People. I mean, he, like, like you for said, example, some guy who normally does the morning news just does the afternoon news. You know, I mean, that and, would just know. be trash. And the other guy who usually sits by the guy in the morning news, he does the afternoon news. And then the other guy who's normally maybe in the newsroom in the comes newsroom, in and co-hosts the he show. He sits I mean, over here. Who's madness. this guy doing sports? And then a guy I mean, who's yeah. worked, you know, from know. time to time will come around and right. he does sports. You don't want to do that. It's ridiculous. I'll say they did miss out on a good candidate. Mr. Reynolds has apparently changed his name to Turd Ferguson. <laughs> it's a big hat. It's a funny hat. Yeah. <laughs> So Pat Sajak Adrian. is on the clock then, right? That that'll be that'll be the next big drama, right? He's out, right? I believe yes, he is out. Or they already announced, right? Yeah, he's But so, they haven't picked a replacement, have they? Or are they just not uh-huh. Right. So we don't know. And mm-hmm. there are a lot of folks that said Vanna would slide over from turning letters and be the host. I, I can't see that. Okay, well, but put that put that in your list for uh, 2024. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> Report back to us. 739, <laughs> Wisconsin's morning news. Oh yeah. Seven forty-three, Wisconsin's morning news. A couple of things I want to make you aware of on the podcast page, and you can access those podcasts anytime at wtmj.com on our mobile app, or also just text the word Vince to the old National Bank talk and text line eight five five six one six one six twenty. Greg Pancake Hill, who produces this year' program, will send you a link to our podcast page. So we had our holiday show that ran over Christmas. <laughs> over my objections, we did also include Eric's. Like Santa, <laughs> killer Santa story. And you also, you and Vince, or you and Vince, you are Vince. You and Eric 
had a good contribution for my WTMJ 2023 in review as well, which also exists here. I thought you were working on like a story, like two, three minutes. This is the year in review. You put together like a whole a like, three hour show. Three and hour show. Just to give a peek behind the curtain uh, to say that that was a task to put together. No one I enjoyed. But it was quite a task. Man, so that is robust. All up on our podcast page. Text the word Vince to the old National Bank Talk and text line 855-616-1620. Texting the word watch gets you the live stream if you want to watch the program as it continues. And you want to watch Bob Brainerd do sports. He's got that coming up for you next. Just like most cars and trucks can't run without oil, no person can function without food. That's why, through the end of February, the Auto Dealers of Metro Milwaukee is contributing $1 from every oil change to Feeding America Eastern Wisconsin. Every dollar provides three healthy meals. Over the past 13 years, Adam has provided more than 2.4 million meals to people in southeastern Wisconsin. And now, the need is greater than ever. Find a participating Adam dealer near you at adamm.com. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Bob Brainerd. The Bucks get back at it tonight, but still haven't left the greater New York area to do it. Milwaukee and Brooklyn to face the Nets. Giannis, he was not happy with his team's effort against the Knicks on Christmas Day. It was a loss, but he was amused by his kids in the postgame locker room being entertained by Uncle Brooke Lopez. He always comes, comes by, by the house and uh, look out after the kids while I uh, hang, on, hang on the couch many times. Look at him. He's, he's a big kid himself. You know, so when the next summer, I'm going to just send them to Disney with Brooke. He's going to take them around, give them the VIP tour, you know, and then I'll come at the end of the summer and get them. That is adorable. Pre-game coverage begins at 6 p.m. here in 620 WTMJ. The Packers, they have zero wiggle room to make the NFL playoffs. Translation, Green Bay must beat the Vikings in Minnesota on New Year's Eve, and then the Bears in Green Bay, and then get some help. Head coach Matt LaFleur truly in step with the one-game-at-a-time cliche this time of year. We're going into a great environment next week in Minnesota and uh, against a really good football team, and... um, you know, it's going to be a great challenge, but this is what we prepare for all year, every every day, every week. Um, so we're, we'll be excited about that opportunity. And then on New Year's Day in Tampa, Florida, the Badgers get a shot to ring in 2024 on a high note, taking on LSU in the ReliaQuest Bowl. Head coach Luke Fickle. Re- you, you heard me, the ReliaQuest <laughs> Bowl. Luke Fickle relishing the opportunity. But I think for us in particular, our fans, this is what they want. This is the traditions of January 1, having the opportunity to play an SEC team, maybe to get out of Madison and Wisconsin. It's a little bit chillier nowadays, so it gives them a little bit more of a reason not only just to come watch their Badgers play, but also to come down and spend a few days in sunny Tampa. Yeah, that's it. They want the sunshine this yeah. time of year. I, I don't blame them. I don't blame them, but yeah, throw some football in there as well. And and a January, I'm surprised we made January one, but I will take it. What like eleven a.m. kicker thereabouts? Yeah, yeah. Get your New Year's Day yeah. started right. Uh, traditionally, the Badgers will leapfrog other Big Ten teams because they they travel well. We're awesome. That's right, and that's because <laughs> our yeah. fans are yeah, awesome. They're awesome, and we'll go. Tell me where the party is. We'll go. They they will they will provide their own too. Seven forty seven. Mark Tauscher joins us next on Wisconsin's Morning News. Keep. Idea man. Vinny's giving me a hard time because I didn't do some awesome spring leap into it on a seven foot 
platform there. Innovator. But it looks like there's a door that you jumped on or something, or is that the wall uh, just no, coming up? And Packers Hall of Famer. That's the part that was a uh, audible. I did not know that the, there was a gate, a switch. Because in all honesty, if I knew there was a swinging gate, I would have just walked through it. I sure. wouldn't have even. It's time for Tausch on Wisconsin's Morning News. Presented by your Wisconsin Chevy dealers. Mark Tauscher on Wisconsin's Morning News is sponsored by your southeastern Wisconsin Chevy dealers. Thanks for being with us through the week, Tausch. A lot of folks are you know, getting the OOO emails out of the office. Yeah, I uh, I am not out of the office. Actually, <laughs> I was uh, curious yesterday. I, I have not. We did our post-game show uh, Christmas Eve and, uh, from the Packers standpoint, and I was kind of chomping to get back into it. So I'm, I'm fired up to be back. Hey, let me ask you something about the Badgers and their bowl game we've got coming up. Glad that Wisconsin made a January 1 bowl. I think it's an 11 a.m. kick in the Relia Quest Bowl that's down there. Was it Orlando, right? Tampa. The Tampa. Tampa. Okay. Tampa. I hope it's I hope it's Tampa. Oh, that's right. You're uh, headed out that way, Tausch. Spot. So yeah. when, I, when I talked with Brian Balaga, um, formerly of the Green Bay Packers and, of course, of Iowa fame, on the pregame show a couple of weeks ago, he was talking about how when he was at Iowa, and I bet it's the same for Wisconsin, I think we see it in the play. When they approached these bowl games where they were playing an SEC team, they always got the sense that maybe those other teams from the South weren't real excited to be there. And our Big Ten teams are damn happy to be playing on January 1. And they go out there and roll these guys. Yeah, I, I, I think there's, you know, I can recall one of the first times uh, that I walked into in 1995 with Barry Alvarez at the Holy Name Seminary. Uh, we walked in there, and it was, you know, all of this stuff. They obviously had been to a Rose Bowl, had a ton of success, and it was at the back of our binder because it wasn't iPads back then. It's just as a big old binder. And it was make a January 1 bowl game. But it wasn't just make the bowl game. It was have a great experience but win the bowl game. It was the last line in the binder, win the bowl game. And so I think in the, you know, the SEC, I think they look at things at a little different point of view. We always have approached, I think, anytime we get a matchup with an SEC team, because everyone always stamps the SEC as better, uh, we always take any chance and opportunity to get to try and prove that we belong and that we're just there. And it just does mean, I think the SEC's little tagline is it means a little bit more. I think when Big Ten teams match up with the SEC and they get a chance to win and to kind of shut that narrative off, it means a little bit more to the players from the Big Ten programs. And Tausch, I, I, I'm not joking when I say this. I think the weather has something to do with it. If you go to a warm weather place, like the Badgers are going to Tampa, Florida, you know, you know, LSU, it's like, eh, you know, we're in this stuff all the time. For Wisconsin players, it's like this is a break from winter, <laughs> yeah. so they go down there, they practice for a week, they enjoy it, they soak up the sun. I think that makes that trip more enjoyable and gives them a little extra kick in the butt. Uh, there is no doubt, and obviously it's been a very mild winter here, there is no doubt that everybody loves, even though the weather maybe it's sun. Like, we haven't seen this. How often have we even seen the sun the last two or three weeks? All of a sudden you get down and you got waves crashing, and you see you see that your mood gets a little bit better, and I really think everything involved we just make it a bigger deal, I think, um, especially when you have a season that maybe there's some choppiness to it. 
you can culminate a season and really, I think, I, I can only speak from Wisconsin's standpoint, I think we always have looked at this as the beginning to next season in much more of a comparison to finishing off. You know, Rose Bowls maybe are a little bit different, but for most of us, it's you're going to do a lot of development during the bowl practices, and this is your springboard into the 2024 season. And I think guys look at it that way. I think coaches try to look at it that way. And it's obviously a little bit different now with the portal and with different players opting out. But there's still that let's get our start for 2024, even though it's, I guess it will be 2024, but it'll just barely be 2024. Yeah, maybe more important now than ever, Shut. Last thing, on the, I'm glad you mentioned Coach Alvarez because I covered the, the 20, well, it was the 2010 season, New Year's Day 2011 Rose Bowl, uh, where Coach Al, well, Athletic Director Alvarez came back on to coach that squad. And I remember him saying in one of his news conferences, saying, This is what I told the players. This is all great, and I want you to experience it, just like you said. I want you to go and see him building the floats, and I want you to be in the parade. But, man, all of those members are going to shine a lot brighter if you win the darn game. Yeah, it's always – because that's always the lasting thing, and that's all that was always pounded into us. It was not, let's go down there and grind and grind. It's go to Disney. Go experience everything that you're going to go do so that you have a great trip. But all you're going to remember – is what the end result was of the bowl game. That was always the main thing, and I think Barry always did a great job of that. Uh, talking about Balaga, Vinny, this was the part that was really funny when he joined our show. Uh, so he's taking his family. Iowa, I believe, is playing in Orlando. But he's only going for the day, and there's no Disney. It's only Iowa football. Oh. And I said, why? Oh, no, what? I said, what did Abby? What did Abby and the kids do to you <laughs> that you're only going to let them for, to go to Orlando? You're only doing the football, nothing else. And he said, because that's the main thing. Yeah, well, fine, but live with that yeah. then. You're ten feet from Disney World, Dad. I'm with Bob. Good luck. I think I'm. Let's catch that on the radio. Would be my, my thought. Right, let's go to Disney. We'll have it in the radio in our ears as we're going down, uh, you know, Magic Kingdom or Splash Mountain or something like that. Thanks, Tosh. We'll talk again tomorrow.